四。And welcome to 94.1 FM at 3WBC for an episode of VFL Rewind. We're back again for another episode and as per usual, I'm joined by the great man Peter Lausch and he's up about today. He's uh, very excited, so uh, welcome Peter Lausch. Yeah, no, it's great to be here on a Monday um, Monday night in a grand final week for myself. The mighty Albemarle Cobras, the under-12 kids, Joey Vasalo, about 35 seconds to go in the prelim final out at St. Bernard's, kicked the gold and uh, make us hit the front. So I know young Joey's listening with his old man, Jeff. So g'day, boys. So big week. Um, enjoy enjoy the grand final week and hopefully um, on Sunday we can get the job done against Trugger Nine Thunder. Congratulations, Peter. Congratulations to all your, your teammates. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, yeah, you can win the grand final on Sunday in the big game. Uh, hopefully, uh, for your boys, yeah, you can get the winner. Uh, we've got three special guests on this evening. We've got first guest we've got is Sam Denell from Sandringham. Uh, then we've got Lockie Gil Renouf, um, who is an absolute uh, superstar nowadays. Uh, he's the winner of The Voice for 2022. And uh, we've got Danny Delray, former uh, Williamstown player. Um, and yeah, went to Footscray as well. Uh, but before I do that, Lashy, I'm um, normally normally ask you what's your highlight of the week, and I'm guessing you can probably answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my highlight of the week, obviously, is non v non VFL related. But I tell you what, that game, and you were lucky enough to attend it, that um game at um, Northport Oval, game of two halves. It would have been all Frankston in the first half, all Port in the second half. So Come back like that reminds me of the 1990 VFA Grand Final Williamstown Springvale. Yeah, it was a good come from behind win, that was for sure. Um, they just kept on coming and coming and they didn't give up and, yeah, it was a great win. So Essendon, they finished off their season um, strongly with a five-point win against the Werribee Tigers. So well done to Essendon on a great second half of the season. It's unfortunate for them that they didn't produce that in the early rounds. Otherwise, they would have been vying for a position in the top eight. But do you want us to get the yeah, um, scores Yeah, Since I'm already talking about the game, even though it was the last game of the round, I might as well do the score now. Essendon 10-14-74 defeated the Werribee Football Club 10-9-69 and that was on Sunday at 12.05 at Windy Hill. Now I'll go back in the order that we should have gone. Um, Sandringham had 13-10-88 were defeated by the Brisbane Lions 17-11-113. The Gold Coast Suns had a tight victory against Southport so that's Southport's second loss in a row, so I don't think it's all bad news for Southport, but I think it's a good wake-up call for those you know, guys that think they were invincible and all that. So the Gold Coast, 14-10-94 to 12-13-85. Coburg in their um, last home game of the year and um, Peter McAvoy's last game at Piranha Park, uh, 19-64, were defeated by North Melbourne, 18-14-122. Um, the game at ETU Stadium, an absolute epic game down there. 12-9-81, the Port Melbourne Football Club against the Frankston Football Club, 11-11-77. And if, do, you, do you want to continue on with the last three or do you want me to roll it off? Um, um, next one, yeah, we have was Geelong. You were there, so you yep. may as well do that one. Okay, yep. Uh, Box Hill Geelong, uh, Box Hill 14-13-97, had a comfortable win against Geelong, 7-12-54. 
And I'll let you polish off the last two, mate. Um, we had Sydney versus Collingwood. Sydney 67 defeated Collingwood 64. Um, bit of a surprise here. I, I thought Collingwood would actually get the win. Um, they've been playing really good football the past month. Mm. Um, and they were look like they were almost destined for a top four spot, but it might be taking a bit of um, luck and work to make it now because... Um, the last round, Sydney um, played Box Hill, so they'd need Box Hill to, to, to beat Sydney. And they'd also um, be relying on potentially them jumping in percentage, which is probably pretty remote. So I'd say that Collingwood are out of the top top four. I'd say the only teams that probably make the top four now are Sydney or Box Hill. So um, Casey, they might go eight in a row. Um, they've got the big one against Brisbane this weekend. So yeah. that will be interesting how it goes. Um, the next game we had was Casey versus uh, Carlton. Casey, 49, defeated Carlton, 33. Um, no surprises there. Um, Casey have been, the, the till now, the best team all year. But as we know, come finals time, we don't know what Casey is going to happen, if they're going to, what they're going to do. Just If you go back in time, they have done a lot of different things come finals. So um, not, not, you know, you're not, I'm not going out and saying they're the premiership favourite or anything like that because you just don't know what, what they're going to do. I think um, they'll be right as long as Melbourne continues on in the finals. Um, what I was surprised with that game is the low scoring. Like, um, I would have expected Casey to have probably been Carlton by about seven or eight goals at Casey. And um, that's a credit to Carlton that they got within two and a half goals. Yeah, definitely a credit to them. And they look like at times like they were going to almost run away with it with Carlton, but they didn't. Uh, one thing that did surprise me, Lausche, in um that hasn't really been mentioned to be honest much. Um, Jake Spencer. Yep. Um, I think he's in his thirties now. Um, mm. made, would you call it? You wouldn't call it a debut. Um, played his first game for Casey this year. Um, the yeah. big ruckman. Um, so I don't know what's planned there with him. Um, yeah. he's obviously a very very good local football player. Um, yeah. and coming into the VFL system. Um, first up, he obviously um. He had four disposal and 20 hit-outs. Jake, so, Jake's been in the system before, but hasn't he? He has been in the system before, four, and, yep. and he, I think he stopped playing maybe 2016 or 2017. So yep. um, it's a bit of a left-field one. Um, I'm not sure what the what the reasoning is. Um, if they're just trying to, um, just in case they do drop players for finals, qualify them, I don't understand how it all works. But. Insurance policy for height, because Jake is a ruckman. I think he runs around for the Doncaster East in the Eastern Footy League. His brother... Is Max Spencer who plays up at Southport, um, so I think that might be an insurance policy for height for the KC Demons. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, so didn't I think a lot of people um, probably would have been a bit surprised to see him back. Probably, yeah. Some people might have even thought he was still on Melbourne's list. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you, when you see that name, you just think, oh, yeah, he's a Melbourne listed player. But yeah, it's yeah. a long time between drinks since he last played. Um, yeah. last game we had. Uh, was which we already spoke about Essendon versus Werribee, um, seventy four to sixty nine. Um, the ladder is really starting to heat up. We're down to nine teams that can make it now. Um, and Werribee, unfortunately, if yeah, they're out of the race now. Um, yep. but um, the only real changes possibly is if Richmond win, they can jump above Carlton, Gold Coast. Um, if Carlton win, they can jump above Gold Coast. And if Gold Coast lose, they can drop out. So all all three teams can still technically drop out of the eight. Um, it just depends what the percentage would be like. I'd say it'd be pretty remote, um, probably for um, Richmond. Um, I'm pretty sure they've got a pretty. I'm um, trying to see. They got last round. Um, Richmond play in the last round. Frankston. So, yeah. be an interesting one. What happens there? Um, Carlton have got a tough one against Collingwood, and Gold Coast have got North. So, yeah. if I was 
if I was to tip, I'd probably I would probably both agree that Gold Coast would beat North. Yep. Um, yep. If you were tipping, I don't know about you, but I think um, Collingwood would probably beat Carlton. Yep. And if I was tipping, I'd probably say Richmond should beat. Frankston, yeah, correct. Then. So that would if that if that all happened as planned out, um, we would probably see Carlton miss out. Carlton miss out. So yeah. so Carlton would drop out and and Richmond would would go in. So. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting what happens because Carlton are in the same position in the AFL. So they're in the eight in both the AFL and the VFL in the moment, and um, they could drop out of both um, yeah. if things things go against them. So it will be an interesting final round. And uh, just on the, uh, the the major one, which um, we love talking about, it's exciting. It's going to come down to the last round, which is great, is the um, Frosty Miller medal. Uh, Chris Burgess is on 47 goals, and Fergus Green is leading on 49. So... Um, it's just insane that I can't remember the last time a Frosty Miller kicked fifty. I, I'd probably say Ben Zangalia, um, twenty thirteen. Yeah, guess. no, I reckon that's about right because I'll have a look. But I reckon yeah. it's been a long time since we had someone kick fifty in the in the VFL. Yeah, well, they haven't kicked fifty yet, but it's highly likely <laughs> they will they will um kick the fifty. So we'll see what um lies ahead. Like ten thirty more uh, Saturday morning at Arn Street, Chris Burgess has his. Go at the um, Frosty. Obviously, he needs two to tie it straight away um, and hope that Fergus gets held goalless, which I don't think will happen. Um, I dare say Burgess, probably, to give him a good good chance to win it, would have to kick about six or seven. Yeah, he'd have to have a big game. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Frosty Miller now. The last time someone kicked 50 was Dan Glea yeah. in 2013. So, yeah. um, what did he get? 61, I think. 55. Or, or 55, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Dan Glare, 55, 65 the year before he won it, and Paddy Rose, 79. So, if yeah. you go back in time, I mean, I mean, um, it's amazing to think that in 2006, Aaron Edwards kicked 100. Um, you know, um, <laughs> only player in the last 22 years to kick 100 in the um, regular home and away season. So, yeah, the, the Frosty Miller medal, um, the lowest the winners won is on with 38, when Dan Connors and um, Sam Grimley tied in 2014, and the most since then is 49, Ahmed Saad. So... If at worst, if um Fergus Green doesn't kick any and Chris Burgess doesn't kick any, forty nine would yeah, equal the best since twenty sixteen. So wouldn't you wouldn't you be filthy on the Gold Coast if they promoted you into the AFL side this week? If you're Chris uh, Chris Burgess, if you were that way uh, inclined to thinking about the individual awards. It happened remember it happened a few years ago, quite poor Kyle Kirby, remember that? Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember what year that was, but he was going to win I think it was twenty seventeen. Hmm. Um he was going to win the Frosty Miller medal and he got elevated in the final round to Collingwood. <laughs> and um, I think he ended up losing by goal from memory. So, yeah. yeah, it has happened in the past. I remember, yeah, it did, has happened in time. So, yeah, the Frosty Miller is always an exciting um, exciting medal that we, we have each year. So, yeah. uh, and, um, yeah, that's probably the, from stats-wise, it's the, the major one to finish out the round. Um, we've got nine teams left in the VFL who can make the finals and two players, essentially, who can win the Frosty. So... Lots to play for in the final round. Uh, Lashie, I do want to ask you, uh, Southport Sharks, what's the go? I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think they they were due for a little bit of a downer. Um, I had a chat to Stephen Daniel last week, got on the phone to Steve. It was actually non-VFL related. It was uh, WRFL related about an incident in the WRFL. But um, I said to him, like, I wouldn't be too worried about... Um, a couple of games that you've dropped, like they've dropped three, I think, in a row now. So, um, if they were to drop this week against Coburg up there, I'd be a little bit worried about their form going into the finals. 
I, th- I personally think they should be Coburg up there. Um, the uh, Bris- uh, they'll be hoping Casey might do the job on Brisbane, so they can, maybe we're going second spot. Can they do that? If you um, are they they so- they can they can if yep. Casey if Casey beat Brisbane, they yep. go to second, which yep. means they get a home final. So yeah. That's on the table. So the only thing that's locked in at the moment, essentially, is Casey can't move from first. Yep. So they're going to play fourth. Yeah. Um, Brisbane and Southport, um, I'd say, not locked in, but um, mm. will probably be, be playing each other. Um, Southport, if if Brisbane beats Southport, um, it would mean that there's percentage between between Sydney and South. Uh, yeah, if Brisbane beats Southport, yeah. um, Sydney would need to win their game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they didn't win, they wouldn't go to third. Yep. Um, if Southport won, they could jump Brisbane. Um, but yep. yeah, the highest Sydney could finish, um, I would say looking at this, is probably third. So yep. Sydney, I don't think Sydney, they'd need to make up a percentage of almost eight to, yep. to finish third. So Can't see. I, I, don't, think, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, um, can't see that happening. Um has the VFL Grand Final been locked in yet? Hasn't, anywhere? Hasn't yet. No. No, that's that's an interesting one. There's, so we still we're still a possibility of a Queensland Grand Final. Then if Brisbane and Southport were to have um, a good run in the next four weeks, yeah, yeah, um, they they could do it. You're right, Lashy. They they would um, because they play each other first first week. They would split. Yep. If so. So they play each other week one of finals, and then one would go on to Casey's side of the draw. So mm-hmm. it could still happen. Yeah. Um, so it is a possibility. Um, but yeah, we're gonna. I'd say you can be pretty certain almost that we're gonna have four interstate clubs and four Melbourne clubs in yeah. the final eight. So that will be quite interesting um, how that, all that works. But yeah, I'd say um, we're probably only gonna have potentially two interstate finals. Yeah. Um, so it will be interesting what Channel Seven do. Um, not sure what they have planned. And I have had messages last week saying to me, Laoshi, when is the last time um, no standalone club has made finals in the VFL? Well, it still hasn't happened because Southport is a standalone club. Yeah, so that's a fair point. Um, the, the question's quite irrelevant because a standalone club will be in the VFL um, finals this year. I know, yeah, for... for, for the way I'd put it, it does I'd say there's no Melbourne standalone club. Yeah. Southport, I know, I know they're um, a bit different to the Melbourne standalone clubs um, with their, I guess, the way they're set up with their. Um, but it doesn't matter; they're still yeah. playing paying the same amount of salary cap and all yeah. that. So, I mean, they're still a standalone club. So, um, yeah, they're going to be the one standalone club left essentially, um, mm. who haven't got any AFL assistance at all in that whole final s- series. So. Talking about um, standalone clubs and salary caps and all that, I know we're nearly ready for our first guest, but um, when do you think we will hear about 2023 um, rule changes, regulations and possible salary cap increases? That's a very good question. Hopefully the sooner the better so teams can plan for their, um, for their, I guess, what they're going to do, who they're going to keep on their list, um, because it's going to be dramatic, I think, because... Mm. If this under twenty one rule goes, it means that clubs' lists will be a little bit different. I think um, yep. this, they probably won't be so heavily back ended with eighteen to twenty one year olds. They probably might have you know twenty to twenty four year olds maybe. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Hopefully, the sooner the better, so list managers, football clubs can prepare. Um. Yep. But I just don't know. 
when that will be. But if 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 they said to me, you can get rid of one rule. What can you? What do you want to get rid of? I'd say we'll get rid of the under twenty one rule. Um, uh, yeah, the under twenty two six six yeah. yeah. No, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Um, and it's um, hopefully hopefully it will be heading that way. And AFL Vic uh, listens to the clubs when they ask for that to be removed. Fingers crossed. We can only hope. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break. With Sammy Donnell, um, my math says he's on about 167 games, so he's about eight games off the uh, the life membership. And uh, hopefully, uh, we we talk to Sammy, and hopefully he's he probably probably won't say to us, but hopefully he's playing on next year. We'd love to see him go around again. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. This game's had it all today, folks, at the MCG, the home of football. This is Maker. Oh, deep on the left half-forward flank, punt road, and he chips it onto App. Oh, App comes to memory, turns on his left, and bang! That's it! That's it! Memory has kicked his 100th goal of the season! Thanks, Rex. Plan your celebration with the Tobin Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Uh, we've got our first special guest of the evening on, and uh, from the Sandy, Sandra and Cam Zebras, uh, they've had a challenging back end to the season, but uh, one thing's for certain is... Uh, their second half against uh, Sandringham, uh, against Brisbane was quite a highlight. They are, uh, they were only on two goals at quarter uh, at, at half time, two goals for Lashie, so mm-hmm. they were on sixteen points and they ended up kicking thirteen ten. So they almost, if the quarter game had went another quarter, they might have pinched it. But um, we'll we'll chat to him now about it. Um, Sam Donnell uh, from Sandringham Football Club has joined us. Uh, welcome to VFL Rewind, Sam, and thanks for taking our call. No worries, boys. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. G'day, Sam. Lashie speaking. What do you um, attribute um, the change of the way Sandringham has played in the second half of the season? Because you sort of had a slow start and then it sort of um, picked up from there. Mm. Yeah, look, it's, it's been a disappointing second half of the year, unfortunately. We, um, we did start a little bit slow, but then we got on a, on a really good, um, good rhythm there where I think we won four or five in a row and, and uh, got to about... I think it was six and two or six and two and a half because we had a draw against GWS and, and unfortunately the back half we, yeah. we we haven't been able to string um, the form that we did in the first half together. Um, look, it's probably been a little bit similar to, to the way the Saints have kind of their seasons unfolded where they were they were hot early and 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 then have dropped away. So look, you know, personnel was was kind of a factor there with with injuries that came at St Kilda level, which did. Um, did kind of uh, hurt us a little bit at Sandringham, um, but yeah, look, I mean, we've we've had some games where we've been in them and we just haven't been able to close the game. We've, we've kind of dropped away. So um, yeah, look, we're a young group and, and we're learning and, and um, improving, um, but just uh, unfortunately haven't been able to string them together to push the final. 
Uh, Sam, I want to talk about your own personal game. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't on the team sheet this week. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on um, down at Sandy? Is it is it AFL players coming back, or how's it all working down there? Yeah, look, I wasn't unfortunately on the weekend. I um, yeah, I was I was quite sick earlier in the week. I've got a I've got a nearly two year old daughter, and she um, she uh, with childcare has been bringing home viruses quite regularly, <laughs> and. Um, uh, yeah, unfortunately, got the first bout of, um, of gastro come through the house, oh. so I I wasn't in uh, a position to, to be able to get up, unfortunately, for the game. And um, yeah, but a bit of a rough week last week, but um, I should be good to go this weekend. And just one quickly, um, a player that I, I have kept a little bit of a close eye on, and I thought against Geelong in the last quarter, he was very exciting, and his name's Scott Bilbeek. What can you tell us a little bit about Scotty? Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought in the last quarter against Geelong, he showed a bit of, I think you reckon he took two or three intercept marks in the last probably five minutes. Um, bit of talent in the young fella. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's um, He's got a lot of talent. Someone that we highly rate down at um, down at Sandy. He's he's young. He, he, he qualifies for you know, the 23rd player and, and I think he'll he'll play all of his allotted games there. But, you know, he could really slot into our, our 22, really. He's he's a young, young guy um, that... Uh, has been playing at old collegians and and kind of um, you know really kind of hard nosed defender. He impressed me a lot in the preseason with the way he goes about it. You know his aggression, his um, ability to to play tall um, on opponents, but also his aerial ability and backing himself in the air. So I agree. I thought he was terrific against Geelong in that last quarter and almost uh, won the game for us. I thought. Tell us a little bit about your role at Sandra again, because when you left Williamstown, you went back to Old Melburnians for a year or two, and then you resurfaced at VFL level. What, um, what happened there? Mm. Yeah, so I finished at Willie at the end of 2019, and then, yeah, look, the plan was to just go back and, and, and play at Old Melburnians with, with a few friends of mine, and um, look, obviously we didn't play in 2020, um, but... Um, you know, in that time, I actually um, finished my level three coaching um, accreditation, and, and as part of that course, I met I met Jake Batchelor there, and we, we did that course together. Um, and and then, yeah, basically at the, the end of the year, he he took the job at Sandy as part of his role at St Kilda as a development coach, and, and wanted to see if um if I was interested in in kind of having a bit of a playing assistant role down at Sandy, um, you know, from last year and this year. And yeah, I guess with what COVID's brought, flexibility with work, which um, was the main reason why I was kind of stepping away from VFL back in 2019. But, um, yeah, I can work from home now and I've got a lot more flexibility. So I thought, you know, why not um, you know, get the last couple of games out of the old body? So um, <laughs> that, that was kind of how I ended up down there. Now, talking about old bodies, we'll do go the opposite. Young bodies, um, big recruit or big name at the start of the year. I think we only saw him once, Fitzroy Greenwall. Um, what's the go there? Yeah, so um, yeah, Fitzy was, was was great to get him on board in the in the off season. He's a he's a terrific character, um, a you know a, a super talent, you know, with his uh, his pace and, and just mercurial sense around goal. But um, we saw him once, and, and unfortunately, he he had to um, to get back home with his family. He had some had some things go um, go on there that um, he needed to. Be back, be back with them um, in the Northern Territory, and, and so we um, obviously supported him to, to, to be back with his family. So uh, that was his decision, and um, yeah, but hopefully he comes back. I, I know he enjoyed his time there, and um, as I said, he's a, he's a super talent. So um, yeah, the VFL would be a better competition with him playing. 
I've done my maths, and you probably know better than me. I'm not very good at maths. I got the abacus out and uh, did a few counting, and I've, I've counted that you're roughly on 167 or maybe 168 VFL games. As we know, the life membership is 175. Is the uh, desire still there to, to keep on playing on? Um, how's how you? I guess are you thinking about next year yet, or you you just want to keep on playing at the highest level you can until you you retire? Come on, Sam, keep going, mate. <laughs> i tell you what, I'm probably the, the eldest at uh, Sandringham by about, well, we've got Chris Carey at 28, but, but behind him I think it'd be 23, 24. So I'm, I'm bringing up the median age um, or the average age by a, uh, a long way. But, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm aware that I'm closing in, um, you know, around the VFL Life membership, and it's, it's um, obviously the last couple of years, we, well, last three years, we haven't been able to play much footy, so it's been... Um, um, yeah, disappointing to, to not be able to continue on. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I always weigh things up at the end of the year and, and then kind of see what's best, both, you know, work and life. And, and, you know, I've got a young daughter now, so I'm kind of just got to weigh things up at the end of the year. I haven't made a decision yet. So um, we'll see. We'll see if I can get one more year. Brad and I are washed up old footballers and we've got a soft spot for the oldies in the VFL. <laughs> um, would there be room? I know it's an AFL aligned club. For, for one of your former teammates, we've been nagging him all year that he needs to change a club. Ben Jolly, he's only 13 away from breaking Billy Swan's record. Would there be room at Sandy to get him across the line? <laughs> uh, geez, I, know, I know Joel's um, lives in the northwest, so I don't know if he'd be able to get from, uh, I think, Ascot Vale is where he is, all the way across to Sandy. He can, um, he, he yeah. can train with Kilo or Strathmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Oh, look, he's just a marvel, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of five or six years younger than Joel's, and, you know, he, he's been able to back up and, and play almost double the games I've played. And so, like, I take my hat off to him that he's, um, you know, the ability to be able to have the, the journey that he has. And it's a, it's a pity he hasn't played many games this year, but God, it'd be great if he went round again and, and um, yeah, tried, to, tried to get that to that 300-game barrier. But, um, yeah, who knows? I don't know how he's, how he's going. Uh, we're going to push him, mate. We're going to nag him and nag him, and hopefully he goes, yeah, why not? Let's go for another year. Um, as we know, you guys took over the VFL licence of the Southern Saints, I think, at the start of last year. Um, how is that working? Do you guys do joint training sessions and work with the, um, the girls from the Saints and the um, Saints um, coaching departments? Yeah, look, um, they've been great. Like They've, they've made a... Um made a grand final this year and the year before made a made a prelim if I'm not mistaken so you know they've been able to um, really put together a, a really strong list from you know basically their inception um, into into the VFLW so um, we've done a little bit of integration with the girls this year we've um, yeah done a few training sessions together and um, I, I actually run the leadership group um, or sort of leadership group coordinator down at Sandy for the men's program and we've done a few um, sessions with the girls where we've brought in the girls' leadership group too and kind of just shared um, learnings and shared some insights from, from each one of the programs. So, yeah, they've been fantastic. And um, it was a pity they couldn't, you know, get the job done on, on grand final day. But, um, yeah, Dale's done, a, uh, Dale's done a super job bringing those girls together and, and making them really competitive. Uh, one teammate of yours this year who's probably played, I'd say, probably 75% of the games for Sandringham uh, on on St Kilda's AFL list, um, Tom Campbell, he has had, you probably had a front seat to this, he has had one of the best individual years as a ruckman 
I reckon since Macy almost. He's averaging he's averaging over twenty disposals a game, and he's uh, averaging uh, thirty seven hitouts a game. Uh, it must be pretty exciting to just see a, a ruckman just absolutely take control of a game. Oh, hundred percent. He's had a he's had a marvelous year, um, Tommy. It's it's been a bit of a um, return. I played with Tommy way back when we were in Bendigo Bombers. Um, oh wow! It was about eleven or twelve years ago, and. Um, we uh, we were laughing at the start of the year where we kind of came together as kind of 31, 32 year olds and um, you know <laughs> we're playing together again. But his form has been um, yeah, amazing, really, for a guy of you know early 30s and um, yeah, his impact on the game. That you know we we're a significant but significantly better team with with him playing and and um, yeah, as you say, like he's probably averaged over 20 disposals and. You know, probably a goal or two as well, um, along with his hit-outs. He's been, yeah, he's been superb. Well, Sam, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, yeah, uh, good luck um, for the final game of the year that the Zebs have. And, uh, yeah, um, thank you very much for joining us on VFL Rewind tonight. And, uh, yeah, um, great great to see you still playing football. It's, uh, it's great to see. Good on you, boys. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, Thanks Sam. Sam. Sam Donnell there from the Sandringham Football Club. Uh, great, great, uh, loyal man of the VFL. One of the men who's who's uh, played AFL, went, come back to VFL, and hopefully, uh, some of these, hope some of these players, you know, they do play on. And a, a bit, I'd love to see 31, 32 year olds in the VFL. It'd be exciting. Uh, his old man Frank Donnell played at Essen and Brisbane, and then came back and played in the VAFA for a while until uh, uh, I think late thirties. So yeah, I think yeah. it's in in the genes for um, Sam to go go around for at least the mid thirties or whatever. So. But hopefully, hopefully, um, somebody at Sandringham heard about the Josh uh, Ben Jolly call. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with our second special guest of the evening. We really look forward to chatting to this man uh, in Lockie Gill Renouf, uh, or Lockie Gill, as he's best known. Uh, it's going to be an interesting chat. We're probably going to talk a bit of footy, a bit of music, a bit of, a bit of everything. So we're looking forward to this. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC, and 3WBC Football. Ready, set. For easy, automatic trucks, budget's good to go. One of Australia's largest rental fleets at great rates. All you need is a regular car licence. Book now at budgettrucks.com.au or call 13 27 27. With budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. This is a unique one, Lashy. Um, we've had some very special guests on this show over the years, but um, 
I reckon we've never had a celebrity this big, Lashy. This is um, it's a bit exciting to be honest. Um, we've got a man who's played VFL football, and and it's not like you know a long time ago he was playing before COVID, um, hit and um playing some good football at that. He's come through the TAC Cup system, played for the Stingrays. I went back to Bond Beach, went back to the VFL. I think it was a Casey maybe for you. We'll talk Sandringham, to Sandringham, I think it was, yeah. Oh, Sandringham was. I thought it might have been Casey, yeah. but yeah. Um, and he's decided to, uh, I guess, uh, retire from football and focus on his music career. Vance, drawing all over it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a positive story. And he joins us on the line now. The winner of The Voice for 2022, Lockie Gill. Lockie, welcome to VFL Rewind. It's a pleasure to have you, and thank you very much for taking our call. No, thank you for having me, guys. Super exciting. G'day, Lockie. Good to, good, good to chat some footy. <laughs> I've missed it. <laughs> G'day, Lockie. Lashie speaking. Tell us about your football journey, mate. We'll get into the music later on. Tell us about where it started and um, how it progressed. Yeah, I, I've I've played uh, played footy since I could walk. Basically, that was all all I ever did as a youngster, and um, you know, like a lot of other other Melbourne kids, you know they have a footy in their hands as soon as they start walking and that was that was me so played all through through juniors and then yeah um, went through it down in on stingrays and you know did my best to to try and get picked up but um didn't work out so i i went back to vfl footy and my, i spent one year at casey um that was when the development league was still around so played played in the development league at casey for a year and then moved to frankston dolphins and yeah, played another, I think it was three years, and then that one year with, with COVID, which was not much of a year. But um, all through of, you know, all that happening, I guess the music was, was around. And then, um, I guess, you know, not not getting picked up with footy and, and um, going back to VFL and realising it was probably out of my reach, it sort of, yeah, turned to, um, to music and I started putting a bit more time into my music. But still love footy, obviously. Well, the beauty, beauty about COVID was you could always have your instruments in the garage and play there where footy was a no-no because of um, obviously um, the social contact and all, the contact and all that. Um, who were your coaches at um, VFL level and who would have been, who do you think was the most influential on your um, short VFL career? Yeah, so I had um, had a few coaches. I, I had uh, Justin Platt um, in my first year at Casey, and he was a he was an absolute legend. Um, and then I had Adam Scrublack at, at Frankston, and then um, Danny Ryan as well came there. And I spent the last couple of years with with Dr. Um, and so he he would probably be one of my um, more influential coaches, and we got along really well. And and he was actually probably the one you know, that, that realised um, in that last year of, of footy that I didn't quite have the, the drive that I that I always had because he actually was at, at Casey Demons when I was there. So he, he'd known my footy for a while and realised that, you know, even at training and, and whatnot, mm. that it wasn't wasn't the same for me anymore. And he sat me down and just said, look, like, you're doing great things in the music and I can tell that you're not quite in it. So, um, you know, why don't you just go for that um and so that was the conversation that we had and then from that i yeah almost gave it up i, I still was at a local footy club but just putting all my time into music but yeah dr was dr was a big one for me uh lucky i was going through um the old footy records um over the weekend and um i found 
yourself in as as the front page of the footy record. I was quite uh, quite excited to see that. I think it was 2016 at the Stingrays, and um, I was going through the team list. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if you you might have crossed paths or played in the same team with um, a few guys who are playing AFL now in Jacob Weedering and um, Luke Davies Unicky. Um, did you cross paths with them boys? And um, if you did, um, what, what were they sort of like? Um, I guess now that I guess they're they're, they're all famous. <laughs> Yeah, no, they were they were um, they were around. Um, I definitely was. Yeah, I played some footy with with Davies. Um, Jacob Weeding was the year above me, so I, I trained with him a little bit, but never never played with him. But yeah, Davies was always playing playing as a bottom major um, when I was there, and he's he's a legend, and he's you know from around my area as well originally. So we're uh yeah we're we're mates and and there's a few others josh battle i think is still you know kicking around in the system so definitely a few boys that um that i know through through stingrays and through the through the footy you know system that that i'm still in contact with and and have a chat if i ever bump into them so yeah it's very, it's, it's strange how it's kind of like <laughs> gone out uh, separate ways and are doing well at, at, at our own individual thing now, have you had a chat with James Keogh, better known as Vance Joy, about going from VFL footy to the music industry, or are you no contact yet with him? I haven't, actually. I haven't even thought about that. But now that you've put it into my head, I might have to, um, have to reach out. Yeah, your people and, talk um, to his people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe we can organise a... Uh, head-to-head footy match, him on one team and, and me on the other. Well, that'd be exciting. <laughs> Get your best mates together and we'll, we'll do it for charity, I reckon, down at Skybus <laughs> yeah. or at Piranha Park. Oh, that, would be, that would be unreal. <laughs> I think he'd have me covered, though. He's a big boy. <laughs> I wanted to talk, talk a little bit of music. Now, The Voice, for people who, who aren't listening, The Voice is probably the, the biggest music show on Australian TV. Um, it's absolutely huge. It's propelled a lot of great people into great careers and... um. It was great when, when we first seen you on the show, uh, Lockie, and then to make the final and to actually win the whole thing, um, for us VFL fans, was just phenomenal. How was the whole journey um, as a musician um, transitioning, I guess, from, yeah, just being a hopeful to a, a winner of a prestigious, um, what would you call it, a tournament or a show, yeah? Yeah, I, honestly, I was, as, uh, I was as shocked as everyone else probably watching at home, you know. It was um, something that I'd wanted to do for a while, but... You, you know, you overthink things and you go, oh, no, nah, there's much better singers out there than me and you sort of play it in your own head that you may not be good enough for it, but something told me that I should do it. And, yeah, every every stage that I was getting through, it was just like, how is this happening, you know? And it, um, eventually I gained that belief that told me I deserved to be there, but it, it took a while and then it didn't make it any less crazy when it... When it um, when the final happened and uh, my name got called out, it was. <laughs> I still think about it now and I go, "What the hell?" Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's pretty special. Now, Lockie, I've just got a message on my phone from a mad VFL supporter. Lockie should sing at the VFL Grand Final. Oh, yes, this year. would be fantastic. How are you with the national anthem, mate? You know what? I haven't actually had a shot at singing the national anthem, but I'm sure I could do it. Um, but yeah, I'd absolutely be open to that. I think, um, yeah, we're looking at some some footy matches, whether that's yeah in the VFL or the AFL, to you know try and get me somewhere in there if it if it all works out in the schedule. But hey, if if anyone's listening that 
Mate, um, comes get, up with who he sings the national anthem, then give me a shout and we'll see what we can do. I'll get the Batmobile back out for you. You can be like Angry Anderson, come on to the ground in the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, we'll definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll mention this to the VFL actually, and say hopefully. I know Russell Robinson used to sing the, 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 the at the grand final, so it has been a theme of ex um, ex footballers to sing the grand at the grand final at the VFL grand final. So. Um, yeah, it would be an exciting little thing. Great suggestion there by the listener. Um, I did notice, Lockie, that you've got a new single out. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I had a listen, and um, it's a pretty special song. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a, um, it's a... It's a very special song. Actually, I've got a bit emotional listening to it. It's called Wasted Time. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that song will come about and um, I guess um, how, how long it takes to produce a song because obviously you do a footy pre-season and it takes a few months. I'm guessing um, producing a song is a similar thing. Yeah, so Wasted Time was um, was my winner's single off the show. So that was a song that, um, you know, if I was to win, uh, that would be the song that's connected to me from the show. So I, I've always loved the song, and, it's, and you know, it's pretty it's got a pretty special meaning to me now um, after everything that's gone on. But what I, I wanted to do was sort of make that song... Um, and, and I, I, I sing happy songs as well, and I write happy songs as well, but I do love my sad songs, so I, I, turn, I turn the version from the show into a stripped-back version, a more slow, sad sad version where you can hear you know, the emotion in my voice and it's a bit more raw. So I released that, um, I think, maybe not even a week ago now, or about a week ago, and um, it's doing really well. And, yeah, it definitely takes a while to, to produce... Um, songs and it's a big back and forth process of, of tweaking it until until you're absolutely happy with it but it's all a part of the fun and yeah I'm, I'm happy people are loving it. You know the question they ask um, young footballers, who do you base your game around? Who do you base your singing around? Oh, I've got a few Fun. Musical inspirations. Um, Far away, mate. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a few of the few of the big ones are like the the Ed Sheeran of the world. He's obviously a benchmark for everyone. But I've got some some other artists, um, people like Dermot Kennedy and, and Lewis Capaldi and uh, Dean Lewis, who I absolutely love listening to. Um, just the the sort of those voices that you hear and they they instantly move you and they make you feel something they're the people that i listen to and go that's what i want to do for for people that listen to my music so yeah and obviously the music progressed um now to full time and the, the football's taken as, as i guess a side um side note um is there any plans for any big gigs coming up or obviously we're out of COVID now you know um which is an absolute positive and musicians can do what they do best and go to venues and you know, um, play to play to fans, which um is pretty amazing. Um, have you got anything planned? I guess um in the long term um of of what you want to do um music wise. Yeah, so uh, basically we got straight into it. We you know it wasn't wasn't one of those things that you you dwell on on what's happened and and get too caught up with you know winning the show. It's like I wanted to get straight into the studio and and start writing and recording. So that's what I've been doing. I've um. I just got back from a from a two week trip to Sydney, writing and and recording some new songs. So the focus has definitely been been on that, um, getting some music together. That you know, I'll I'll release a, a song by the end of the year, and then hopefully a project early next year as well. Um, 
Yeah, go ahead. Now, also, and it was great to see that um, was it probably two months ago or a month ago now that you, um you played a, a gig down um with your your old club, Frankston Football Club um, what uh, in their pre-match was which was absolutely there's there's a few hundred people there which is absolutely fantastic to see a little little small little gig for you and um yeah it was great to see so much support um I was there that day and yeah it was great to see. Yeah, and and that's the sort of things obviously that I'll, I'll you know you don't forget about the people that. Um, helped you, you know, when you were working hard to try and make it happen. So any chance that I get to sort of give back, even if it is something small like giving a, an hour of my time to sing some songs, then, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a pretty crazy period to sort of navigate with, with so many people wanting me to come sing. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's awesome, though. It's great. If you've got nothing to do at 8.50 on a Sunday morning, my um, under-12s fo- <laughs> football team, Albemarle, uh, playing in a grand final, you can do your first run of a national anthem before a game. <laughs> down, at, down at Bayside College, Williamstown, mate. There you go. That can be, that can be my warm-up. <laughs> grand final. Well, Lockie, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, it's been fantastic. As, as I mentioned, um, I wasn't a big follower of The Voice, but I followed it very very strongly this year because I was so hoping that you'd get through and to see you get through to the final and, and win. It was absolutely phenomenal. And I know a lot of VFL supporters were the same. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on the music career moving forward. Our uh, Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, we might be able to get um, our people to contact your people in the, the uh-huh. VFL grand final. Might eventually, who knows? But uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been a great chat. Nah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Lockie. Lockie Gill there. Winner of The Voice. Absolutely phenomenal. It's, it's great that um, we normally don't say this when, when VFL players retire at a young age, but this was a, a great decision because yeah. he's kicked on. And hey. if he didn't do that, he, who knows? Who knows? He mightn't have had the courage to join The Voice. So absolutely great story. And I'm so happy for him. He's a, he's a good player and a, a great musician the as be- well. The, the beauty about it is if he keeps himself in reasonable nick, he probably could occasionally have the odd kick with his um, old local club as well. Yeah, if he ever wanted to. But, yeah, hopefully yeah. he's destined for, for, yeah. for greatness. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, so happy for him. Yeah. I'm going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break. We're looking forward to chatting to this man. Uh, Danny Delray um, will join us after the break. You are listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. Hi, I'm Peter Van Wessem. Every Friday from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, I present Sounds Australia on 94.1 FM. Two hours of wonderful Australian music. It might be new and emerging music, it could be country, it could be electronic or pop, but it will be two hours of uplifting Australian music. Tune to 94.1 FM or stream from the 3WBC homepage. I'm Peter Van Wessem. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our VFA legend segment. And uh, absolute ripper. If 
If um the front bar is anything to go by, this man is an absolute gentleman, absolute. He's a funny man too. Uh, he played had a great career at Williamstown Football Club. Um, I think he started. He'll be able to probably answer um correctly, but I know he played in '88 and '89, the losing grand finals. Went on to greatness thanks to the great Terry Wheeler, um, to Footscray, and then come back in his later career to um join the Williamstown Football Club. And he joins us on the line now, Danny Delray. Danny, welcome to VFR Rewind. Thanks for taking our call. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, 88, 89, Williamstown. You're correct there. Well done. G'day, Danny. Um, okay. t- it's Lashy speaking. Um, uh, tell us um, your journey to Williamstown. Where where did your footballing career start um, locally? So local was at North Sunshine Footy Club, which was um, <clears throat> Crossroads back in the day, which is uh, in Sunshine on uh, Dempster Park. Yep, Phoenix Street, uh, yep. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Um, the ground was like a big sort of, uh, like, when it would rain, it would be flooded on the outside because it was like one of those grounds high in the middle and played in the outside. But played all my junior footy there and got drafted. I got drafted. I got asked to go to the Western Bulldogs when I was 17 to play under 19s. Um, North North Sunshine Footy Club. The reason I was referring to that is because you're playing a bit of um, Super Rules football at Essendon now. Um, is that correct? Yeah. Um, now, not, not now. <laughs> but, yeah, not now. But a couple of weeks ago, you were. You know, yeah. Now, now, tell me, did you start your career and finish your career with a guy called Hung Fan? Oh my God! I played with a lot of footballers. Hung Fan. The little Vietnamese yeah, bloke who yeah. asked for a photo with you. Yeah. Danny, as you mentioned, from North Sunshine, the Roadrunners, as they're known now, to uh, Williamstown Football Club, uh, probably had to go past, back then you were able to go past Sunshine's footy ground or to get to Williamstown. Uh, was there any other offers um, before you arrived at Williamstown well, Football Club? So when I went from North Sunshine to the Western Bulldogs, I was, I was obviously 17, 18, and I was playing um, under 19 footy. And back then, if you remember, that was like under 19's reserves and seniors. Yeah. So I really tried to get like probably get further, but I got delisted in when I was 19 years old. So most of my relos were playing at Williamstown Footy Club. Um, they they ventured from Spotty to Williamstown. So the, the Dimitina boys, Robbie and um, Vinny and Nick, um, um, Frank Dimitino. So there was a few of them there already. So I thought, well, what a great opportunity to play with my relos. You know what I mean? Like how good would that be? Um, growing up, I didn't have a brother and all that, but um, <clears throat> heaps of relos and. I ended up playing at Williamstown that, when I was 19 and I went over to Williamstown Footy Club and played senior footy and, yeah, started from there, really. How many years at Williamstown before you got the um, tap, of, tap on the shoulder to say, hey, give the um, next yeah. next level another another crack? Uh, three years. Three years at um, Williamstown. The last two years I played off in the grand final against Coburg Footy Club. Yep, uh, which we couldn't beat. We we finished. We were runners up for two years. Um, yeah. If you remember back then, Terry Willer was the coach for Williamstown when I went over there in '87. Yeah, and uh, I was playing back pocket. Um, <clears throat> in '88, he coached the reserves uh, at the Bulldogs. Yep. Um, had a pretty good year. He had a good year, and in '89, he coached the reserves as well. But uh, if you remember back in '89, they were going to fold the Bulldogs. Yep. Um, and there was a massive rally. And the rest is history, more or less. Um, 
he obviously he's made Williamstown player and supporter. And he come and watch the '89 Grand Final at um, Windy Hill. Yep. And we got beat by 16 points or so. And I was in the showers after the game, sort of pretty neglected. Um, he just sort of come in and said, like, commiserations, but he more or less said that if I get the job at the Western Bulldogs, um, you're going to come down and train. And, yeah. and lo and behold, he, he got the job and, and they survived. And he rang me the next day and I was there doing pre-season. I remember, I remember the 88, 89 grand final as well. Um, got a soft spot for Williamstown. I'll, I'll even show you how good my memory is. You were number forty, yeah. number forty-five in both of those yeah. grand finals. Um, yeah. There was one little fellow in that grand final that carved Williamstown up, Billy Kakua for yeah, Kobu. Yeah. He was just magical. Yeah. He's a good player, Billy. Good player. He's very smart, courageous. Just knows where the goals are too. He's such a good player. And what goals did um, Terry Wheeler set you when you got to the Bulldogs, trained there? Was there any? You know, was it a case of no promises, no guarantees? Yeah. You you train yeah. train hard and you you'll get picked. Yeah, great question. He just said to me, Danny, because he, he he got me and Ray and Rick Brown started guards over. So yeah. three of us are from Williamstown. He just said, look, you know, just obviously my head's on the like they. He more or said, it's up to you, blokes. We're not going to guarantee you getting drafted. Um, and he just said, just go and train and do your best. I'm going to invite you, and the rest is up to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Ian Rickman was, was great. Cause, but he was a bit older then. He was about 26, 27 when he asked, and I was 22. So, yeah. it was a little bit different, yeah. Fast forward, you got yourself on the AFL list. Um, 1992, it's, we look back at this now, and we think this is like it's this huge, and, and it is still 70 goals in a season. Um, yeah. You look back and you go, you must go, wow, well, that's... I mean, you would have won the Coleman probably in the years with 70. So um, how was that year um, transpired? Because, um, yeah, it must have been a magical year. Yeah, magnificent year. 22 senior games that year. Um, we ended up playing off in the in the uh, first semi. We, we played against Geelong. Um, they were up by half-time by about probably four or five goals. Uh, then they just turned around and smashed us. Um, then we played St Kilda at Waverley, which we beat. Uh, that back then was a top five, uh, and then we played Geelong again in the prelim to play off in the grand final against West Coast, and they just destroyed us. We couldn't beat Geelong, but that was just an amazing year. Like going back to, like you said, like kicking seventy goals. I mean, that was it was just unheard of. For, like for me, like I, I mean, I always been a forward in growing up as well, but playing on a big stage and in a big arena and kicking a few goals here and now. Happy. After after your um, time at the Western Bulldogs, you um, yeah. ended up moving across to South Australia for a couple of years. What brought that on? Um, was it um, with the VFL? Obviously, Williamstown was nearly broken, gone in '95. Um, yeah. But um, was there any promises from Adelaide or Port Adelaide at that stage? If you came no, over, what, no. It was funny because. Um, Remember, obviously, remember Kenny Sheldon, who yep. obviously played at Carlton. He um he was coach for South Adelaide, and he was more or less he rang me straight away. He said, "Listen, you know, if you want to try and get back in the AFL, there's a good path around the South Australian Football League, which is pretty strong. Yep, yep. Um, come and play with us, and come and have a go with us, and see how you go." And I was 27 at the time, um, and I thought, you know, the way he'd come across, he was very similar to my coach Terry Willow, like yep. the same sort of. Same sort of bloke, you know, nice fella, um, just sort of up to you sort of thing. 
And I said, you know what, stuff it. I'm going to have a crack. Uh, so we lived in Adelaide for a year. Yeah. Played footy there for one year and kicked, kicked 97 goals. I didn't kick 100. I was three off. Um, Ken Farmer medalist. Yeah, I did. Yep. Yeah, won that. Um, uh, and I thought, well, you know, when he said, well, here's a chance, more or less, you know, you're a chance to sort of get back in. And and it didn't really happen. And I was 28. And I thought, well, you know what? And I'm just going to go play back at Willie for, for the next few years. So I did that. So you're right back at Williamstown, correct me if I'm wrong, 1998. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong as well. Round one, you lined up and you had a great, an, a, another cult figure, I would say, um, from the AFL in that Lazar Vidovic was <laughs> at Williamstown yeah. Football Club yeah. at the same time. Yeah. That was big Laz, um, bit of a cult yeah. figure as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fantastic fellow. Ruckman, and um, he was a typical sort of old fashioned Ruckman, you know, just a Real strong player, you just get back in defence and take some solid marks. Um, and a great bloke too. Didn't want a beer as well. <laughs> Things haven't changed. No. It was good. no. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was good. That was, to be honest with you, like VFA footy for me, or VFL footy for me, was, 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 was fantastic. To get to play AFL was an ultimate goal, but I really enjoyed my time at Williamstown. Six years there, you know, I mean, 114 games, best in Paris, and I just really enjoyed it. It was great. Um, there was an event, I think, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was probably about a month ago now, Williamstown yeah. Football Club uh, announced their team in the 90s, and you were lucky enough to yeah. be in the team. Um, how was that on? I was uh, looking at the team, it's uh, a pretty exceptional team, and uh, to make yeah. it, uh, yeah, it must be pretty wrapped. Yeah, it was exciting. We, um, we were obviously invited for the night, and... Um, my business partner and I, Rick Durrow, who I share a house with right now, um, him and I went and uh, we had a pretty good night and and uh, lucky enough to be obviously selected in the team of the team of the nineties, which is really good. And you're right, you look back and I've got the plaque in, in my bedroom and I look at the sort of the, 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 the team that I was in. That's a pretty illustrious team, which is it's a pleasure sort of to be in. Yeah, it was good. Now, Danny, I'm going to give you an opportunity to plug yeah. your business. There's a yeah. reason why I'm going to do it, but plug your business first, and then I'm going to ask you yeah. a question. No worries. We joined uh, Rick, myself, Rick Delray, Danny, myself, Robbie Dimitino, and Mark Delray. We um, we joined in 2004. Uh, we we're all in the food service game, and we we, we um, started sort of. We bought. We had two. Like I had a couple of vans. Rick had a couple of vans. Robbie had a couple of vans. And Mark was more or less the GM. So we just sort of started with six vans on the road in 2004 yeah. with about probably 12 staff. And now we run a company, Delray National in Derrimut, with uh, about 23 trucks and probably 80 to 90 staff. So, yeah, it's come a fair bit. Yep, okay, Derrimut, right near my um, junior football club of Auburn Vale. I'm a yeah. big... Uh, um, you use um, products from Simplot. Yeah, get those Chico Rolls at Tilburn Vale Footy Club for me, mate. I'm a big fan of the Chico Rolls. So, All right, so um, we'll, get, we'll get a rep out to you straight away. Don't worry, mate. Because <laughs> I, I actually, at 9.20 every Sunday morning when I coach the under-12s there, assistant yeah. coach, the, yeah. the part of the deal is there's got to be a Chico Roll ready for me before I even move any magnets. So you, okay, so you can't start with that. <laughs> no, no, we sell them out. Like I promote them there, and yeah. um, I think one when we um, launched them at Braybrook um, Footy Club, we had about two hundred and forty on the first day, and we sold them out before halftime of the um, seniors. So can I ask a question? How many do you have before you start coaching? 
I try to, when I get to a venue, I always start with two. Probably throughout a game, I have four to six. <laughs> so we'll see you at Auburn Vale Footy Club. All right, no worries. We'll, done. We'll, well, Danny, really appreciate you joining us tonight. I have a bit talk no. about the, the good old days um, at Williamstown and at Footscray. 70 goals, a fantastic achievement. And, yeah, thanks very much for joining us tonight on VFL Radio 1. Thanks, Danny. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Danny. Danny Delray there. Um, William Sound, great team in the team of the 90s and also, yeah, great player at Footscray. We're at a wrap now. Laoshi, we're at the end of the show. We've got 20 seconds. Laoshi, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. We'll see you next week. We'll see you all again next week. Fizzy Nights is on next um, with the great Paul Hooper. He has an action-packed show. Um, so tune in to the great Paul Hooper uh, up next. You're listening to VFL Rewind. We'll see you all again next week.